If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Huskar Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, as it's here guys. We finally made it. We survived another summer fall camp underway for Nebraska as uh, team reported Thursday and uh, practice will begin on Friday. They'll go all weekend um, and, you know, lots of anticipation, lots of excitement here going into year number two for Scott Frost, Nate, but um, they got some good news right off the bat here um, on the eve of camp opening up. Jakeem Green confirmed to our own Mike Mattia he will be enrolling at Nebraska. He's a three-to-play two junior college defensive lineman, four-star, should be in the SEC. Um, every SEC team pretty much wanted this guy, but his uh, math class he took would not be allowed in the SEC. Nebraska took advantage of that. They were able to get Jakeem Green and he informed them that he'll be coming to Lincoln here and ideally joining the Huskers here for training camp. Yeah, huge news uh, for Nebraska. I mean, this is something that they probably shouldn't be making news right now, but um, once he decided to take an official visit to Texas Tech towards the end of June, um, you know, it was pretty clear that he was still maybe not completely solid and, and still looking around at other options or whatever. And that was something Nebraska was prepared for because when Nebraska, you know, the way everything tra- kind of transpired with him in Nebraska, what, you know, they were unable to sign him uh, to a letter of intent. And so he was essentially still kind of a free agent out there. Like the Mario Stringfellow years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, this is just a – it was a situation where – he was still getting contacted by a lot of schools. I mean, he was back home in, in South Carolina, just finishing up a couple of classes online. And, um, you know, when you're back home and, and, you know, kind of all you have to do is finish up a, a couple of classes online and, and work out and you still got a ton of teams contacting you all the time and, and telling you to, you know, come take a visit or do this or do that. Um, you know, it would be kind of enticing to do. And so he went and checked out Texas Tech. I know Oklahoma was also in the mix. Um, FAU was a school that was trying to get him to, to take a visit there um, and, and a number of others. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, it was after everything kind of fell through with him in South Carolina and really the, all the SEC schools uh, since he was uh, uneligible to play in that conference, um, you know, I, I think that it was Nebraska that, that was there and kind of helped him get through it all. And, and uh, his relationship with Ryan Held and Tony Tuioti and, and the staff, I, I think that's what really – uh, kind of help Nebraska go ahead and secure this. And it's a big deal because, uh, like you said, he's a three for two. And so they lose so many guys after this year that if they were able to somehow preserve that red shirt, they could have him for two more years. He could kind of be the cornerstone of that D-line uh, after this coming season. Our South Carolina publisher, Chris Clark, uh, he sent me this text when he saw Jakeem was going to go to Nebraska initially. And he said, you know, they really wanted him at South Carolina, but they just couldn't afford to risk him a chance could, with the new 25-man rule where transfers count on that uh, with the math class thing. But he goes, he's very talented. If he gets his academics in order and, and he is supported, he could be hell. He's not very confident, though, in the classroom, but he could be just one of those guys that, you know, could be a game changer. And, you know, you, you know the talent Nate down in the Jayhawk League, and he was probably regarded as the top junior college defensive lineman, not only in the in the conference of the Jayhawk League, but maybe the country – I think now the question will be, how do you rotate them in at Nebraska? Um, I think it makes the most sense right now 
to use that four game rule with Jakeem Green. Let him play up to four games this year, but I think you obviously really need his services more for twenty and twenty one than just nineteen and twenty. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's a given. I, you, he's for sure going to play at least four games, and um, you know, I, I think you're right. That the ideal so Ohio State, Wisconsin, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, that would be the ideal situation is if you could just kind of roll him out there for added depth for, you know, your, your, against your toughest opponents this year. Um, but, I mean, he's an SEC lineman in every respect. Uh, he's 6'4", 305, had offers from Alabama, Florida, Georgia, uh, Mississippi State, South Carolina, And they don't Tennessee. need guys like that necessarily unless, no. unless you're that good. Exactly. I mean, Alabama's not offering a JUCO D lineman just for – uh, for kicks and giggles, I mean, it's it's they're getting somebody that can come in and, and be a dude right away, and so um, that, I think that's what Nebraska's getting. To me, the most intriguing part of it all is that he could play inside at, at the nose, or he he's athletic enough he could play um, end in a three four, or he could play D tackle, he could play three tech in a in a four three, and so um, and from talking with him, it's it's been. It, there's been a lot of conversations between he and Tuioti about how Nebraska is going to be fluctuating back and forth between a 3-4 and a 4-3 and that he has the ability to play all across the defensive line regardless of what front they're in. Yeah, I don't know this, Nate, but I would like to think the fact that this coaching staff has been together now going into their fourth season and Nebraska is really good just getting academics and getting things in order and the communication point where then you look at Texas Tech – Brand new coaching staff, completely out of kind of the Mike Leach, Cliff Kingsbury box. I mean, there's just a lot of moving parts and new things going on there. I think Nebraska probably had an advantage in this whole thing with Jakeem Green with just the level of organization that goes on at a place like Nebraska. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and I think you have to tip your head to Ryan Held. I mean, this is a guy who he's supremely organized when it comes to recruiting. He and nobody understands probably the academic side of things, especially when it comes to to junior college players, better than Ryan Held. I mean, he's been a head coach at multiple JUCOs, um, so he understands all the ins and outs. Um, and, and I think that you know, with his understanding and and you know the academic um, you know support system and the people in that office at Nebraska. Uh, when you combine those two things, it's a powerful thing. And I mean, we used to see it all the time with Bill Bush. Um, and Bill Bush was the same way. He knew all the ins and outs uh, academically. And, and he could take a guy that uh, other schools wouldn't touch because they, he had poor academics. And, and Bill Bush could kind of figure out a, a plan and, and, and work with academic staff at Nebraska to, to get somebody you know uh, into Lincoln that probably didn't have any business getting into Lincoln. So, um, and, and that's kind of what Ryan Held does. And, and I think that uh, you know you, you kind of you have to tip your hat to Held and, and Tuioti for sure with uh, Jakeem Green. All right, here uh, you're listening to the Husker Online Show. Lots to talk about here about fall camp. One other news nugget I wanted to get out here, Robin. I wanted to get your reaction on this because because you just put together our tight end uh, fall camp preview. Uh, but Travis Volkolek, you know, there was a thought that Nebraska could maybe apply for a waiver because why not? Everyone's getting a waiver right now to to be immediately eligible uh, because you could almost find reasons to do it. Uh, I can tell you, going into the start of fall camp today, Nebraska will not look to apply for a waiver, mainly because there's not a reasoning, a legitimate reasoning to put the time and the effort into doing that. And I think that gives this tight end position group a little bit more clarity because if you did have Vokalek eligible, all of a sudden maybe he is your best tight end and you have to figure out how to put him in that room with the other three established guys. And that would have been pretty tough for Sean Beckton to do, but nonetheless, very talented player. Um, and we'll have to probably, or most likely sit out this year. Yeah. Listening back to Scott Frost, at big 10 media day. I mean, he was asked directly about that waiver and he said they hadn't done it yet. And just kind of his tone made it seem like it really wasn't uh, at the top of their priority list. And uh, like you said, it makes sense. I mean, that is arguably one of the deepest position groups on the entire team. And really, you look ahead to next season, uh, they're going to be faced with the exact same problem because uh, basically their entire uh, depth chart returns next year. And now you add in Vokalek to that mix. But uh, it was you know one of those players where when they took him, you were like, why are they adding a tight end right now when they already have this much depth? But he is a player, you know, one of those types of players that uh, Nebraska wouldn't have taken him if they didn't think he could be an immediate impact guy. When you give him a full year now to acclimate to Nebraska, to becoming a, a Big Ten tight end and, and to everything that 
uh, entails in Scott Frost offense, uh, you got to wonder what his potential really could be when you look ahead, uh, you know, another season down the road now. I mean, there's people that are saying that he's potentially got NFL uh, a skill set. And uh, when you allow that to kind of get groomed in this offense, uh, definitely gives you plenty of reason to be excited about this position going forward. All right. We got lots more to talk about on fall camp. We're going to get into the deeper storylines here next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, Robin Washed as fall camp underway for Nebraska. Guys, I wanted to take this time now, just, just give some big picture fall take thoughts. And I wanted to start the discussion. We're going to go offensive and defense here out of the gates. I want to find out what players, one player each of us that we're looking forward to seeing, and then one under-the-radar player on each side of the ball. And I'm going to take a real easy one on offense for my guy that I really want to see. I'm going to say Dedrick Mills um, because of his value and what he means to this season, the rushing game, the pending questions with Maurice Washington. Um, you know, I, I just think he is a no-brainer, a guy that everybody wants to see. Everybody's anxious. I think there's probably a lot of opposing coaches out there in the country scouting Nebraska that really want to know what Mills is going to give them because – I think he's as key of a part of the offense for Nebraska going into this season. Robin, who's your guy you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I think Mills is the key number one. Uh, and in that same vein, uh, Ramir Johnson um, and obviously uh, Ronald Tompkins. Now, Ronald Tompkins, it sounds like, is maybe not going to be on the one. We don't know that yet for sure, but of the injury, injury situation. Okay. Well, so. so then uh, definitely Ramir. Uh, I mean, just because they need other guys. I mean, that, that goes without saying. But – uh, for me, it's got to be kind of Inola. I mean, I, there's been, been enough talk about him uh, that I really think he's going to play a key role in that receiving core. Uh, he might not be the flashiest guy out there, but I think when all is said and done, his production is going to speak for itself, and he could end up being one of the more uh, underrated additions this offseason out of that 2019 class. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with somebody who's a newcomer, but I don't think he's under the radar by any means. Uh, Wandale Robinson. I knew it. I knew that that was your guy. Just and he and because he is the flashy guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think he's he is the difference maker in in every respect of the the term. And uh, I've been you know been able to see him in person and, and everything uh, prior to uh, to last spring. And and you know I was a little disappointed we didn't get to see him more last spring, but. Um, you know, I, I think that he has the potential to be a big-time impact guy. And they, they kept a lid on him in the spring, I felt like. I mean, it, it's almost like they were wowed by him the first week, and then he tweaked it a little bit. You know, like, we've seen enough. They played it safe. We don't need to put you on the Big Ten well, Network. And Exactly. I, and I think I think a lot – I think some of that was strategic um, in a couple different ways. I, I think that they probably did want to keep a little bit of a lid on him so that people didn't know exactly how good he was, but – I think they also wanted to be just play, be safe and say, you know, if there's if this is a guy who came in and, and, you know, mentally picked up everything really, really fast. And not only just wide receiver, but the running back position, too. Um, and, and I think that since he was so far ahead of the game mentally, they wanted to just go ahead and make sure and, and take care of him physically, too. All right. Under the radar offensive player to watch. I'm going to throw one out there. Ethan Piper on the offensive line and. Uh, they moved him, or at least I don't say they moved him, but they, they're starting him on the offensive line. I think there was thought that he could be a nose on defense, uh, but he will be on the offensive line along with Brant Banks. And the reason I like Piper is I know he's as strong as any freshman they've brought in. He's had a very good summer. And I think there's questions at center right now. And, you know, Cameron Juergens' foot injury um, and that whole situation going in, is Will Farniak big enough physically to take on true noses in the Big Ten Conference? Then that brings you down to Hunter Miller, who's a walk-on that's battled injuries. I think there's a crack right now for a guy like Ethan Piper to slip in there if he wows Nebraska enough in fall camp. And um, to me, he's Cameron Jurgens without all the hype. He was a state champ shot put thrower. He was a four-year varsity high school football starter for Norfolk Catholic. He was a four-year varsity basketball player for Norfolk Catholic. Same exact resume as Cameron Jurgens. He just didn't have a lot of the hype around him. And the other thing is he was already 280-some pounds in high school where Jurgens had to add that weight. So he's he could, Nate, in, agree or disagree, he could end up being the Cameron Jurgens um, when we all think it's going to be Cameron Jurgens. It might be Ethan Piper. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, I 
I've been saying that I think Ethan Piper was maybe one of the more under underrated guys in in that recruiting class. Um, I mean, he's. 280 pounds, 6'4", 280, runs a 4'8", has like a 32-inch vertical. I think he's bigger than 280 and, now. And yeah, he's probably, yeah, he's you know, most likely over 300 pounds or, or pushing 300 pounds now. So, um, I mean, the guy, and he's always been super strong and very athletic. And, um, yeah, and, and I think that that fits really, really well with what Nebraska likes out of the center position. They, they like really athletic guys they, uh, that can do a lot of different things there. And so – um, yeah, and with, with Jurgens's injury history, yeah, I, I think there's a very good chance that we could look back and say, okay, maybe Ethan Piper was what Jurgens, uh, what we thought Jurgens was going to be. All right, Robin, who's your guy under the radar? I'm going to stay on the offensive line, and I'll admit this isn't exactly the definition of under the radar when you're a four-star top 150 player, but I think the potential impact Bryce Benhart could have on this offensive line, if he is as good as advertised, could shake this whole thing up. I mean, if he comes in and emerges as a dude from day one, you know, you talk about all these issues on the interior offensive line. Well, you have a guy in Matt Farniak who could potentially move inside to guard and provide, you know, some veteran presence when you talk about getting your five best players in the offensive line. Uh, I mean, I think he is as big of an X factor to shake things up. Uh, with some of these position battles over the course of fall camp as, as maybe anyone. And so, I, again, I don't know if he necessarily fits the, the dark horse uh, title, but I think that his potential impact uh, right away this fall could be as big as anyone on that line. Nate? Yep, I, I like that one, Robin. Uh, I like it a lot. <laughs> a lot could, like what he if said. you could see how animated Nate was when I was giving that answer, I per- apparently. Well, I we basically it. took the two best guys. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I'm going to stick along the offensive line, too. I'm going to go – Trent Hickson, the the walk on that kind of emerged, um, you know, towards the end of last season a little bit, but most most notably during the spring, and um, you know, and I'm really excited to see you know just how much he's he's maybe solidified a starting role potentially up front there, and and uh, you know I've been hearing nothing but great things about him, and and so and I think if you've got a guy. Uh, like Hickson, who who can lock in one of those spots there on the interior because it's weird. I mean, Nebraska's gone from being really, really thin at offensive tackle to now having uh, better depth there. And now you, you kind of look at the offensive line and say, okay, well, maybe now they're a little thin at center and guard. And, and I think if Hickson is a walk-on that can establish himself as a starter there at that guard position, um, you know, I think that's a big deal for that line. All right, moving on to the defense Guy you're looking forward to seeing, I'm going to take one in Caleb Tanner because he came in with so much hype but just wasn't physically ready, battled some injuries. Caleb Tanner is my defensive guy, Rob, and I wanna, I'm looking forward to see, especially after Javon DeWitt's comments on the Husker Sports Network that he said I would be very disappointed if Caleb Tanner didn't have a very big August. Well, yeah, they wanted him to have a big August or and season last year when they threw him in the mix and gave him every opportunity, but – uh, for whatever reason, it just never clicked. And so, yeah, I think that's definitely a, a guy that's at the top of that list. And I'll stay in that position group for my pick and go Tyron Ferguson. Uh, keep in mind, he was their starting outside linebacker to begin last season, and he had 10 tackles against Colorado in his very first start as a Husker. And then he gets hurt, and things get derailed. Kind of the story of his career, unfortunately. But now he's healthy, he's working as the number one, and he is going to be the guy that I think uh, could – you know, alleviate a lot of these concerns we have about the linebacker position uh, and be an impact player for them. And so I think if he can stay healthy, he's got a chance to do something special this year as a senior. I'm going to stick at outside linebacker as well and go Jojo Doman. Uh, really excited to see him. I, and I think, you know, we've seen flashes of what he can do when healthy. And, and so, um, you know, if he's healthy and can stay healthy, I think that uh, – uh, he's definitely one guy that I'm really excited to see, you know, what he can put together as a you know, whole season at that position. All right, under the radar guys, for me, I mean, I don't know if you can say he's under the radar, but Markel Dismuke, just because he's been here so long that nobody really expects much from him, but I think he could be a real under the radar success story this year. Robin, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to go Quentin Newsom, and I do that mostly because of hearing reports from you guys talking to coaches uh, you know, over the course of the summer about how excited they are for him. Uh, I mean, he's, I think, a guy that gets a little lost in the shuffle when talking about 
all the newcomers uh, joining the mix uh, in the defensive backfield. Uh, but I think just as far as physical intangibles go, uh, it sounds like he has everything you could possibly want. And, uh, you know, there's there's opportunity there to see the field. I mean, there's a lot of competition, especially with the, the new crop that's joining the mix this fall. But uh, he seems to be uh, right in line with most everybody else there. And so, I mean, uh, I don't know if he's going to push for a starting job, but I think he will have the opportunity to see the field uh, in probably a few different ways, given his skill set. All right, Nate. I'm going to go with Alex Davis. Um, this one. is this is somebody, you know. I, I think it's no surprise or no secret that he kind of he's struggled and uh, hasn't necessarily developed or, or had the career that I think a lot of us thought that he might have, um, and for whatever reason. And uh, but we, you listen to the guys talk at, at Big Ten Media Days, and, and it's, I mean, he was a name that was mentioned several times as somebody who's who's going to impress this year or someone who's had a good summer and, and someone who's, who's coming along. And if they can, you know, if, if he could be a surprise or if he can all of a sudden, you know, give Nebraska, uh, you know, some meaningful snaps and, and make some plays at that position, I think that could be a huge asset to this defense. All right. Well, plenty more fall camp discussion to get to. But when we come back, we are going to talk some basketball. Lots going on as the Huskers out in Italy um, and some recruiting news as well as Robin Washett will have all that for you next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, now Robin Washett as we're talking to Nebraska basketball. Huskers will be out in Italy here, um, play their first game, Robin, on Monday. Yes, Monday the 5th. So we will have some basketball to talk about all week next week as well as uh, Robin. Uh, now, no television provided or streaming of these games. Yeah, there was... Uh, I'm mad. Yeah, they were trying to work it out to where some company based out of Italy uh, was going to be able to stream these games off their site, whatever, and do it like relatively professionally. Uh, so it'd be, like just, it'd be better than some dude with a phone like periscoping it like they did for the spain games uh but that apparently fell through and now the only coverage we will be getting from italy is um some like post-game reports from the husker sports network radio affiliate and then uh obviously the the press releases and box scores that uh the media relations department sets out so as far as getting like a true evaluation of this team and being able to like actually see these guys in action you're going to have to wait all the way till September till that uh, midnight madness type event they got going on. Yeah, it's disappointing. I, I thought we, you know, with all the technology today out there, that there would be a way that you could watch these games. Um, but no, um, Big Ten Network, it would cost a lot of money, but you would think they'd have the ability just to flip on a switch. And if somebody was broadcasting it or something, they could they could run the stream or right. run it on. I don't that. understand why one company was kind of the do or die uh, decision maker about whether these were going to get streamed or not. I mean, shoot, like seriously, just have like the, the media relations guy hold his phone and just Twitter li- live stream it or something like that. Like, who cares? It doesn't even matter if it's a quality video. You just want to people just want to see this team play basketball together. Now, Cam Mack battling food poisoning, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's what is believed to be the issue. He's been sick for basically since last weekend, and if you go off his social media, apparently he had some bad tacos uh, somewhere over over last weekend, and he was continued to be sick to where he had to check into the hospital um, early this week, and he's been in there for a few days. Uh, you know, No official announcement from the team actually saying what he's dealing with, but uh, as a result, he will not be able to travel with the team to Italy. Uh, That's so a big blow. It is a big blow. I mean, he's their starting point guard. I mean, he's the guy that was the number one player on their list when it came to reassembling this roster. And so not only is he not going to play in Italy, but he hasn't practiced in any of the 10 practices that they had leading up to this trip. So a huge missed opportunity. For Who runs Cam. the point then? I mean, a combination of Deshaun Burke, Gervais Green, um, Charlie Easley, maybe a little bit. I'm sure Charlie Easley bumps up a little bit there. Uh, I mean, there's just going to be a combination of guys. I mean, they have guys that can, can play point. And that's the thing about Hoiberg's offense is, I mean, there really aren't set positions. I mean, everybody is going to run the point at some point. I mean, at Iowa State, he had their center run the point at some point. So, I mean, it's like, uh, so it's, again, disappointing because Cam Mack is expected to play a vital role uh, in everything they do. But 
uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be able to get by without it. It just kind of limits them uh, to be without one of their key pieces as they experiment a whole bunch with a bunch of different lineups and uh, rotations and just position groupings uh, with this team over these next. It four amazes games. me they can't get him there. Still, I mean, it's like it's not. A weekend trip. Well, I think you don't want to take a guy that's been hospitalized for multiple days and put him in an airplane for 12 hours and eat a bunch of foreign food and be away from true, true. U.S. doctors and stuff like that. So I'm sure this is precautionary. And again, he's been active on social media. I don't think there's anything like where he's in You put peril. my hot take in place there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's like on any sort of jeopardy, but uh, I think that it's one of those situations where it's been going on long enough that you just can't risk it. I mean, you're, you got to look long-term here. Yes. It'd be great to have him there, uh, even just to, to join the trip and to travel with the guys and see some of the sites. But uh, there's just too much liability involved there where it just wasn't worth the risk. All right. Recruiting wise, Robin, um, our friend, Mike Sauter from the Omaha world Herald had his showcase, his in-state showcase this week. And you were able to go watch that and, Obviously, a lot more intrigue on the in-state front now with Nebraska because they have, what, four offers out now in-state-wise? Yeah, three of them from Miller, on the same team, <laughs> Miller North. So yeah. you will be at the Bellevue West Miller North game this year. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good one to, to check out. Uh, in fact, I'll probably go to a few Miller North games this year. But, uh, yeah, so the, the they call it the Top 50 Showcase uh, that they put on every year. I think this is like their sixth year in a row they do it. And it's been an up and down event, just given you know the, the kids that agree to it. But this year was probably as good of a of a crop um, and as good of a camp as they've had. And Hunter Salas was there. Um, uh, Jason Green and Chucky Hepburn uh, were all there. All Nebraska offers, uh, and so it was it was a good field. And I got to talk with Hunter and Chucky after the camp and got some updates and was able to confirm uh, that Hunter Salas, the four star, 2021. Um, number 56 player in the country uh, point guard is going to take an official visit to Nebraska uh, the first weekend of October. Um, and I think that lines up with the Northwestern football game. Uh, and so that is his first and so far only official visit that he's scheduled so far. So, you know, in Nebraska, they've been making him a priority essentially since uh, – they were uh, Hoiberg and his staff were allowed to talk to 2021 recruits a few months ago, and they've stayed on it, and they've made him their number one target in the state, in my opinion. And you know, getting him on campus is a big deal. Uh, UConn just offered him this week. Uh, you know, Oregon's been pushing after him. Cal, UCLA, Creighton, Iowa, Iowa State, Ole Miss, um, Kansas State, and so go down the list. He's getting high major offer attention more and more by the day. And so for Nebraska to you know not only be one of his first offers, but to get that first confirmed official visit, uh, that's a big deal in being able to stay right in the thick of things with arguably the best player in the state of Nebraska right now. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, as uh, we discuss offers. Now, how many spots do you think they'll take in the ne- next year's recruiting class? Three, four? For 2020? 20, yes. Yeah, well, right now, they don't have any open scholarships. Uh, the two uh, graduate, graduating players are Mateka Voss and Hanif Cheatham, and they'll be filled with um, uh, Deion, DeAndre Davis and why am I blanking on his name? League of North Star. Donovan Williams, thank you. Sorry, thank Donovan. you to our behind-the-scenes staff Jeez. here in the Husker uh, Online Studios. Trying to remember too many names here. Donovan Williams, of course. Uh, so those uh, right now fill them up for their 2020-21 season. But with every year, even with Fred Hoiberg, there's going to be roster attrition, and so you would imagine that at least a spot or two will open up. So I uh, am fairly confident in saying that there will be at least one or two more additions, and especially with the number of offers they've extended, um, even since taking over with a full uh, roster for 2020 uh, in place. They've already extended new offers for 2020 players. And so I think that kind of leads you to believe that uh, there might be some expected attrition that will open up some spots. Well, and there's roster. We've had this discussion before, but roster attrition is just part of the game yeah, now. And, and I, it's going to happen every year. Nebraska fans that year when Jacobson and Morrow and all these guys left, I mean, people just lost their you-know-what. But yeah. the reality is that's what's going on everywhere right now in college yeah. basketball. The, the hope is that it's the right kind of attrition where guys that aren't playing move on for better opportunities or guys are playing so well that they're leaving early to go to the pros. And so, I mean, that's the kind of nutrition you want. You don't want starters, like especially multiple Jake, starters. Jacob Sinamaro were, were – They were very key parts to the, key. What, that team. And, you know, Andrew White ditching out early. And so, I mean, like, there were some big names that left under the Miles era. But uh, you would hope that, you know, there's some 
you know, potential players that uh, just might not fit in or whatever it may be that will open up a spot or two and allow them to continue to build on that 20 class. Well, lots of coverage of basketball. Robin will have everything covered for you next week when the Huskers go out to Italy and they play games, what, three games next week? Uh, four games. Four games next week. So uh, make sure you follow Robin. Nobody covers Nebraska basketball better. He is the longest tenured beat writer. That means he's old. Don't say that. <laughs> That's weird to say. <laughs> You've old, been around. Old dog on the block. You're the, old, you're the old man. You can make all the old man jokes, but uh, we'll have it all on HuskerOnline.com. When we come back, uh, we'll bring in Husker Online intern Grace Harmon as she will bring the questions to you in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Grace Harmon joining us here in studio. Grace, it's always good to see you here as we got the mailbag. What do you got this week? All right, well, let's start with a little bit of a prediction today. What's your best guess for the single biggest storyline to come out of fall camp? Oh, man, we've seen it all over the years, but we're not going to know the Maurice Washington thing. Um in fall camp but uh, I'm going to stay on the Mills bandwagon and just if he can make an impact I think that's going to be a big big thing if he wins the job outright I think that's going and I think he will if I had a guess today um, just his emergence as a new running back that will be a really really important piece to this offense yeah and then next for me is the center position and Cam Jurgens health uh his availability for week one and if not what is the plan afterwards who's the starter who's the number two will there be any other shakeups as a result of that and, and so i think that that cam Jurgen's status i think goes a long way in dictating what that offensive line is going to look like on august 31st i'm going to go with well, i'll put it this way i think i think the biggest storylines you know it's probably going to be one of the newcomers one of the the transfers i guess you could say um, and I'm going to go with Darian Daniels and, and maybe just the defensive line and the progress that that unit as a, as a whole has continued to make. You know, I, I think the offensive coaches last spring in particular really made a big deal out of saying how much that group had progressed. And, and I think we're going to continue to kind of hear that narrative this, uh, this fall camp. All right, and a few of last year's losses kind of were due to penalties from uh, what Frost said was an undisciplined team. Um, do you think this has been addressed? Yeah, I mean – some of that is when you're losing, I think you naturally put pressure on yourself to make plays. That leads to holding calls on the edge. That leads to face mask calls or horse collar tackles because you're struggling to make plays. So I think a lot of that had to do with the pressure of the way the season started last year. And I just think year two, Martinez is going to have much more command of things. The defense will have more depth. Guys will be fresher. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think you'll see an improvement in that area. Well, and you got to keep in mind that year two, guys are going to be a lot more comfortable with what they're doing. And I think when there's comfort, you a lot of penalties and mistakes come from just reacting and trying to make up for mistakes that are going on within a play. And so uh, you get beat, an offensive lineman gets beat, he's going to grab hold to you know prevent a sack or whatever it may be. Uh, and so I think that just having a better knowledge and understanding and comfort within the system on both sides of the ball should go a long way in alleviating a lot of those unnecessary penalties. Yeah, I think we're going to see guys that are in position to make plays now um, just because they are more comfortable within the system, which will automatically cut down on some of those penalties. Um, and, and like Sean said, I think when, you, when you're losing and you're trying to make a play or you're trying to press, you know, that's going to lead to some late hits or some, you know, some random penalties. And I just think as a whole, we're going to see a team that's much more disciplined than what we saw at this time last year. Take your questions in the mailbag here with Husker Online intern Grace Harmon. All right, well, we've got a basketball one. So Robin Millard North currently has four Division um, One players on their roster, including three with Nebraska offers. Is this, the Nebra is this the best Nebraska boys team that you've seen? It's up there for sure. And, again, they haven't done anything yet. But on paper, when you look at not only uh, the amount of players with D1 offers but the level of offers that these kids have, you know, Hunter Salas having his offer list and being a four-star top 60 player, um, you know, and Jason Green getting 
uh, you know, uh, Nebraska offers a 2022 recruit, Max Morell, who blew up this summer with you know over 10 uh, high major offers within the span of a couple weeks. Uh, you know, those three guys, and they added to Jaden Johnson, uh, the kid from Council Bluffs, who just uh, joined the mix. You know, he's on the cusp of becoming a high major player in his own right, and so suddenly. Millard North is now the clear favorite to win state. And if anything less than that, I think will be a big disappointment. But to your question, for me, I need to see them actually accomplish something before I put them in, in the same caliber as that Omaha Central team with the Koya Gal. Uh, I mean, that team was exceptionally good. And they were on a different playing field or court uh, than almost anyone that they, they tipped off against. That I mean, Florida they, tournament, they really held their own. Yeah, and they, that was a really good tournament uh, that was against some of the and they beat Oak Hill basketball Academy. prep I mean, they beat Oak Hill Academy. I know, I know. I'm at the Heartland Classic here in, in Grand Island. So, uh, I mean, they, they were – legitimately one of the best teams in the nation that year and uh you know i mean they they proved it each night and dominated teams so uh while i think this miller north team has a chance to be extremely good they got some work to do before they're in that omaha central group hopefully our friend tino martinez is working on getting miller north and the heartland hoops classic out in grand yeah, island no this kidding. year because uh they would be a draw. There's no question. Okay, what do you have next, Grace? All right, well, we'll go back to football. Um, if you had to choose one, what Big Ten West program is on the decline? Guys, this might shock you, but I'm going to say Wisconsin. Um, I think the way they finished last year, now they, they did win a bowl game against Miami in cold weather in New York City. Um, second year in a row they played Miami in a bowl game. But the way they lost to Minnesota, just the way things finished, the questions they have at quarterback, the questions they have with their defensive pass rush, it's not the same pass rush we've seen the previous years before. And it dipped off a lot last year. Um, yeah, four new offensive line starters. The schedule now, they have Nebraska's schedule basically from a year ago as far as crossovers go. I just think there's no – I mean, and I said this a long time ago, one year when Wisconsin had the tough schedule just like this, but I don't see any way, Robin, Wisconsin has – you know, the type of year they're used to having. Now, that said, a few years ago, everybody said that was going to be the year they fell apart. And that was an NFL-loaded roster, though. Yeah, and they overcome, overcame a bunch of injuries. They went 10-2. Went 10-2. and two. So I'm reluctant to say Wisconsin is on the way down, but when you look at the, the division, I don't know who else you could pick. Every other team, sans Illinois, is on the rise, and it's one of the uh, probably most improved divisions in all of power five and so wisconsin by default given that they've dominated that division for so long can only go down yeah there's only where one way for them to go and i think a big reason why uh, i can buy into that is because the two of the hallmarks of wisconsin football are the offensive line and their defensive front seven and both of those areas took major hits this offseason they don't have any depth on their interior defensive line and their offensive line like you mentioned uh is uh, you know basically lost four starters of the nfl and returning one guy who wasn't even a full-time starter so there's some serious questions that they need to answer uh as far as the lifeblood of what wisconsin football has built itself to be now they still have the running back uh, you know maybe they get an improvement at quarterback i don't know uh, but when it comes to them being wisconsin it starts with the offensive and defensive lines and right now uh, i think that you got some concerns there about if you're wisconsin about keeping up that level that you've had over the past few years what's the, what are the parameters here i mean is it just who's going to be on the decline this year or like in the long run in the long run uh um you know what? I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm just gonna rustle some Jimmy's. Nebraska. Yeah. No. No. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say <laughs> Iowa. Iowa. Uh, because I, I think here um, they lost how many first round, you know, high round draft picks off of last year's team, uh, and I think they're gonna they're gonna lose a couple more after this year, plus Nate Stanley. Uh, and then what happens when Kirk leaves? And what happens with, when Kirk leaves? They're That's gonna, right. They're going to turn it over to the hothead son. Yeah, King Joffrey. So gonna, yeah. King Joffrey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think Iowa nice. in the long I had an Iowa beat writer referred to Brian Ferentz as the Joffrey of the family. Yeah, I think it fits. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's a good – that is a good uh, comparison that's there. Good. I'm going to have – hopefully Iowa fans, are gonna, I'm going to get strung up for that comment, but I was just joking. Hey, worth it. <laughs> Own were you, it. Were you joking though? I, I don't know. I'm not joking. I think I was. I was on the decline. So instead of eight and four, they're going to go seven and five. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe <laughs> one last question. What's left? All right. What's the most random fall camp story that you guys can remember? I got a few with Light and Mirtha. A lot of longtime Husker Online recruiting followers. I mean, he was one of the first high-profile Bill Callahan recruits in the '04 class. 
uh, flipped him for Minnesota because I think Minnesota took him to a strip club on his visit, <laughs> and 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 yep. family didn't like that. It's true, and switched his commitment to Nebraska. But anyway. <laughs> The story with Lydon Murtha, it's we're past the statute of limitations on these things. Oh, so yeah. I, could, I can share that story on that Husker Online radio show. But um, Lydon Murtha, number one, got in a moped accident, and that sidelined him. One year he ran into like a sled during just like a warm-up, and that sidelined him. But the biggest random injury for Lydon Murtha, who like has the 40-yard dash record still at Nebraska for offensive linemen, by the way, he got a staph infection for not washing his uniform practice pants. He just went the entire fall camp month in the bacteria and the gross sweat. I mean, you remember how stiff your like high school mm-hmm. sweaty shirt would get and dudes would still wear it. Well, he did that in college when they have the resources to wash it. Well, he had a cut on his leg. It caused a staph infection. <laughs> and, and he missed like several practices for that staph infection. Man. Yeah, that's a good one. So when I think of weird fall camp, for whatever reason, the first thing that always comes to mind is Kevin Williams beginning an interview without taking a a single question (laughs) and reprimanding the media for referring to him, having the audacity to refer to him as a backup. And he said, I am not a backup. And I'm not going to do any more. They had Vincent Valentine and Malik Collins that year. Two NFL guys. Even though he had always been or had never been a starter. If you're not a starter, then what are you? And don't call of me. Of course. So he goes on this rant, I am not a backup, says it like four times, and then just walks off. But that produced one of the all time great <laughs> Nebraska football <laughs> gifts where uh, our former employee, Dan Hoppin, is in the background. <laughs> and he just has this stone you, face. Yeah. Like if you like put like the sound of silence to him, like and he's just kind of staring into the abyss a little bit and, as Kevin Williams walks off. And oh, man, that's like, probably one of the classic recent uh, memories I have of just weird fall camp stories i've got so many um <laughs> like this right the book a ton fall camp fall by camp. Dan Klaus. yeah um <laughs> i'll probably go with the time richie incognito about killed a lot of the trainers um oh boy. because uh so richie so when bill callahan came in he was he kind of brought that nfl mentality uh where everyone was going to get their treatment in um and it was going to come at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day uh, with their with their physical therapy or whatever in the the training room and and um well richie didn't want to end the day with with treatment he wanted to go home or he wanted to take a nap or whatever and so um, there was a sign-in sheet for all the guys that needed to get their therapy in or the, their physical therapy or whatever treatment they needed. There was a sign-in sheet in the, in the training room, and, um, and Richie did not sign it because he was not there. And so at the end of the night or before everyone went home, the trainers would take that list to Bill Callahan. And Bill Callahan saw that and saw that Richie did not sign the sheet. And so, um, you know, Coach Callahan had his guys, you know, go to to Richie and say, hey, man, this is not going to cut it. You've got to get in and get your treatment. Um, You are expected to be there. If not, you're going to pay those consequences. Uh, So Richie did not go again. And so what he did was like 400 yards of rolls, barrel rolls Mm. after practice, after a -a two-a-day practice. Um, where he's like basically foaming at the mouse mouth and like I heard every cuss word or combination of cuss word I've <laughs> ever heard ever in my life uh, after that and and so um, you know there's no way that he's not going to go in and get his physical therapy right uh, well, you would be wrong um, <laughs> but he had he was smart enough to try and fake it he had somebody go in and sign his name on the sheet Jeez. even though he didn't actually go in there so at the end of the night the trainers bring the sheet up and say um, here's the sheet you know here's the guys that came in to get their therapy or their, their treatment but uh, Richie signed the sheet but he was not there well um, the ne- next day guess what he had to do 400 yards of barrel rolls again after practice and he uh, he basically knew that one of the trainers narked on him, and he about killed two or three guys in the training. Pretty high-profile trainer. Yeah, oh yeah. Boy. So, um, yeah, that was – I mean, that's just one of one of many <laughs> fall camp stories. And I we could even get in the Harrison Beck one, but we're oh, way God. over time here. Um, and, Grace, I hope you enjoyed story time with the old men. Always enjoy it. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we'll close the show. Uh, we'll talk some recruiting with Nate Klaus. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. 
This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus. A reminder, if you like what you hear here on the Husker Online Show, you want to be a part of it, we've got some sponsorship opportunities here for the upcoming 2019 season as we are aired statewide, Omaha, Lincoln, Hastings, Kearney, Grand Island, Fremont, multiple affiliates as well as the tens of thousands of downloads we get each week. Um, we'd love to represent you and your business here on the Husker Online Show. So uh, drop me an email at Sean, S-E-A-N, at HuskerOnline.com. But, Nate, let's get to recruiting. The open period came back up again. Um, some prospects, some schools held camps, unofficial visitors, no officials. Um, what did Nebraska do last week? Did you notice anything jump to your attention as far as um, visitors or things going on behind the scenes. Well, yeah, so Nebraska didn't really have any camps or have any barbecues. I mean, that was kind of the popular thing you saw all over the country. The barbecue. Yeah, a lot of barbecues. Texas A&M had their pool party. Um, Did they go to an actual pool? I don't. Yeah, yeah somewhere. I don't know where it was. I mean, I guess. Did the Aggie hosts get to go? I have no idea, but I, I mean, I would assume that there's <laughs> there's got to be some sort of pool on campus or something where they held, I don't know. But yeah, there was there was a pool party. I'm sorry, that just sounds like trouble. Oh yeah. So, uh, but there were yeah. There's all sorts of these different events or whatever. Um, Nebraska didn't really have anything like that, um, but they did. They have hosted one uh, one player, Connor O'Toole, uh, who's who's a really intriguing prospect actually, um, out of New Mexico, which is an area that you don't really hear too many players coming out of New Mexico. But he's pushing six four, two hundred and ten pounds, kind of a hybrid wide receiver, tight end type of player. Um, they offered him in, in June, early June, after seeing him at, a, at a, I, think, I think it was Arizona State's um, skills camp. I think Tony Tuioti or maybe one, another coach were at that camp. Um, they, they offered O'Toole after that. But he's, I mean, he's very, very intriguing, very athletic kid. Big, you know, like I said, 6'4", 210, runs a 10, 700 meter. Uh, he's, he's run under 22 seconds in the 200. Um, so, I mean, this kid is a kind of a, a matchup nightmare, uh, which is exactly what, you know, Scott Frost and the staff really like. And so, um, and I know that his unofficial visit to Nebraska went extremely well. And when that's important because he has told us that, you know, if, if, um, if his visits, his unofficial visits here before the season start, uh, go really well, that he probably won't. Uh, he'll probably have enough information to make an early decision. And so uh, so we'll see what happens here over the next month. But he's all of a sudden become a player, I think, where you could you could kind of uh, keep an eye on. And, and that's big because, you know, Nebraska kind of lost out on a Joe, a Joe uh, to Clemson, who is a big-bodied wide receiver. Um, you know, and, and uh, there really aren't too many other – uh, big-bodied wide receivers or, or hybrid tight end types that Nebraska's got on their board. So uh, Connor O'Toole is one of those guys to pay close attention to. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we talk uh, recruiting storylines, Nate. And, you know, with decisions, you get a lot of guys that say, I'm going to make my decision before the start of my senior year. I want to get it out of the way, have a clean mind. Well, there are a number of guys that did that, but there's also been a number of guys, Nate, that have changed their timelines and Nebraska's involved in a lot of those guys. And you have to think right now that's going to play a big factor in this recruiting class and how things shape here down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say two of those players in particular um, that, you know, initially looked like if they made an early decision would be basically Nebraska locks, in my opinion, were um, were Sevian Morrison, the running back out of Oklahoma, and then Shea Bryant Struther. Uh, the linebacker out of Georgia. Both those guys took official visits to Nebraska in late June. And following that trip, they said, you know, we'd like to ultimately make a decision before our senior season, get recruiting over with, and just concentrate on our senior football seasons and, and kind of, you know, spending time with our friends and whatnot and, and uh, not really worrying about recruiting. Well, since then, they've both kind of backed off of that. And now they're they're both kind of saying that uh, they're not going to be making a decision until December now. Um, and in Morrison's case, he said that he'll probably make a decision in September or I'm sorry, December, uh, but w won't sign until February, uh, which to me, that would come as a big shock. Um, I just I think that by the time that that actually, you know, December actually gets here, uh, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him to, to go ahead and sign in that early period. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But with Shea Bryant Struther, 
Um, you know, he too says that he's going to take some officials during the season and then probably won't make a decision until December, but he's an early enrollee. And so wherever he, he commits to in December, he will then enroll in January. And, and I think Nebraska is still probably the team to beat right now for both those players. But, um, you know, it's, it's the dynamic is completely different now that these guys aren't making a decision here before September. And they're probably going to be taking other visits. Morrison's going to be taking some sec trips. Uh, I know uh, most notable Arkansas and Missouri are two places that he'll probably be taking uh, official visits to. Shea Bryant Strother has a top 10 uh, that includes, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech, a handful of other uh, SEC schools. Um, You know, I know Ole Miss is very much involved with him. And so, uh, so you know, UCLA is another place he said he's for sure taking an official visit to. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But um, it is kind of changes the dynamic of things, you know. And and if you've got a running back who's not who says he's not going to sign until February, well, you, it might be time to, to shuffle your board now and maybe prioritize somebody different if you're Nebraska because I think that it's – Signing at February is – I mean, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. You better be dang good yeah. or be a late bloomer. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's a complete roll of the dice. If, if he holds true to that, that's a complete roll of the dice. And, and if you're Nebraska – I think you probably have to start looking at some other guys, or maybe maybe you know pressing on, on some other players, um, you know, instead of holding out hope that you're going to get this guy in February. Nate, now with the uh, the way fall camp is, no more two days. It starts about a week earlier than it used to, which is a week before high school kids even start their regular practices in most states. With that said, do you expect to see maybe a surprise visitor to at Nebraska's fall camp that could just show up and come in for a quick trip? Um, just because things have started so much earlier and you're not going to see a lot of high school kids start for another you know, full week or so. Yeah, you could see some, uh, some guys here early on, uh, but all of a sudden then you've got, you've got another little, little dead period coming up uh, before the season starts. And, and it's, it's all new. The summer, the summer When's did, a dead period start for the summer? Um, so you've got – right now it's, a, it's a technically like a quiet period. So or unofficial whatever. visitors so only. So unofficial visitors only, and that's like 10 days. And so last Thursday was when it, it opened back up. And so you've got until I think this weekend uh, to where you can have so – could slip in a guy from maybe one of your few first few practices exactly and so um you know and, and then beyond that you, it's going to be kind of kind of quiet until the season starts and so um you know the 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 summer recruiting has kind of changed here over the past few years it's a, it's a little different than it used to be so um you know i think if you do see any any action any commitments or um anything like that it, it'll most likely come from players that have been on campus several times already uh, or you could see, you know, maybe a, a late, you know, surprise visitor or two for for that first practice or two, um, you know, this this weekend. All right. Well, lots to follow with recruiting. Nate Klaus, Mike Mattia, Brian Munson, the entire recruiting team at Husker Online will have you up to date. But make sure you're on HuskerOnline.com. Lots of news will happen not only with fall camp, Husker basketball in Italy. Uh, the entire team will keep you up to date on everything you need to know. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.